The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Play a link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. And a big thanks to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate that song. That's our new intro. No official title for that song yet, but it is a banger. A certified banger for sure. James, we are going to be touching on a variety of topics, some recent call-up performances. I'll talk about some guys who are debuting recently and maybe some players who are maybe on the verge. I know we talked about September call-ups last week, but uh, talk about a few guys who may be heading up soon. Also, look at some risers and fallers on your latest Top 400 update, which you are in the midst of, but you're kind of on the back half already. Uh, am I correct in that? Yeah, I'm almost... Uh, I'm, I'm about exactly two-thirds of the way through the update, and then uh, we'll be adding, you know, probably... 20 to 30 guys at, at the end of that process. So 
it should be extremely useful right now for people in uh, shallower formats. There's a couple guys we're going to touch on on the pod today that I was able to add in in a kind of an industry dynasty league so uh, there are guys that are making moves up lists that are available out there so yeah check that out as soon as you can uh this is like we we always say on the show this is the time of year where you can really make some big time uh waiver wire prospect additions in leagues that allow in season pickups because guys are either kind of coming back from injury or performing in short season leagues and uh, a lot of people that aren't really paying that close of attention don't kind of pick up on that until the off season when all the you know when baseball america and mlb.com and everyone starts releasing their lists that's when people start to pay attention but if you're paying attention right now you can get those guys for free off the waiver yeah i've had to put a lot of time in the rotowire dynasty invitational just in getting some healthy major leaguers in recent weeks to fill up my active roster but it's time i think this week i'm gonna have to really dig in and do some get some prospect turnover going because i gave will benson another week it's mm. time to finally cut bait i think will benson uh yikes <laughs> it's, it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty low batting average for a guy that's been healthy all season yeah another guy too i'd recently traded for in that league didn't give up much like a fifth round pick sean reed foley um i liked the the k's down on the farm but a uh, really rocky start for him. It's not what you want to see after you just traded for him. Hashtag mind. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about some prospects who did uh, fare better in their debuts. Uh, Michael Kopech was only two innings because the the rain shortened his outing. Mother Nature stepped in. But what did you make of what you saw from Kopech during his uh, abbreviated stint on the mound? I thought it was really encouraging. I think that... Uh, he was obviously pitching heavily with the fastball through those first two innings. I mean, that's a pretty obvious plan of attack. When you have his arsenal, you show everyone the fastball the first time through the order, and then uh, your other stuff starts to play off it the second time through. Uh, the fastball was uh, upper 90s. You know, I know that uh, when like MLB Pipeline and, and like the White Sox or whoever are hyping him up, uh, they'll say like can touch 105 with his fastball because he one gun had him at 105 in one outing uh, a year ago or whatever. Yeah, so uh, that becomes a legend, you know. Yeah, and just the, don't expect when you're watching a Michael Kopech start when he's not hitting triple digits, don't be like, oh, his velocity's down. He, he's he's 97 miles an hour. That's where he's parked, and uh, that's really all he needs to be at. And I don't think they even want him to be at more than that because he has a hard enough time commanding uh that fastball as it is uh, and at 97 miles an hour um uh, one of the guys at uh, mlb.com tweeted out his uh, spin rate on that fastball uh better spin rate than even justin verlander who leads uh big league pitchers in terms of uh fastball spin rate and it kind of passes the eye test too like when you when you see him throw it it's just darting hard uh, when it gets to the plate and that makes it just uh, that much difficult more difficult of a pitch to to square up and you know one of the things i noticed was uh just if if he ever got to throw to uh, an elite pitch framer um you know one of those just all glove no bat type of catchers 
I think that the stuff would play up even more. It's just it's so hard for most catchers to to catch that fastball and have the glove not move. You know, I mean, it, it's just such a heavy pitch with with intense life at the end uh, to kind of hold it in the zone. You're not going to get a ton of borderline calls uh, unless you have a really good catcher back there. Uh, I really you know he had that one change up that was just nasty as hell uh and it, I, I don't think he threw too many off-speed pitches in in those two innings but uh he threw a few that were really nasty and and they don't even need to just be like these monster uh 70 grade offerings the fastball just sets them up so that i mean as long as they're just above average pitches they're going to be uh big time bat messers so i was i was pretty encouraged by what i saw and i was really uh happy that he was rewarded for the improvements he showed over his final three starts at triple a uh it's really cool you know when you're a player and you work so hard to kind of correct these things that the the organization has been telling you you need to correct when you finally can do it and you show that you did it to get that reward by coming up and and joining the big league rotation i thought that was really cool yeah definitely yeah that that change up that you mentioned i saw that i could gif of that too and just like the location of it was good and as you say just the fact that it's able to play off the fastball makes it um pretty good offering for him not a single hard hit ball against Kopik in that those two innings according to fan graphs uh yeah i gotta be really happy with what you see here i'd imagine you know there's he's not really facing any workload restrictions right he should be every fifth day over the remainder of the year yeah i think so and uh man i forget who they are playing next i remember it being a, a pretty favorable matchup um but you are in the centrals so. yeah i mean it, he's a guy where like i i shelled out for him in uh tgfbi i think i went like 111 uh something in the the one teens uh just because you know i'm I'm looking for I've I've got pretty good ratios and I just I just want those bulk strikeouts, you know. I think that Kopech, you know, we've kind of always said the book from a fantasy perspective whenever he got the call was, you know, you're not really sure what you're going to get with the ratios start to start, but the strikeouts are going to be there and that's that's kind of what is Oh yeah, he's got Detroit on Sunday. So that'll be uh that'll be nice that'll be nice for him uh next week he'll have boston which that's you know a one-star week against the red sox maybe if you're in a shallower league you find a better option but uh against detroit i I think you know as as long as he's just not walking everybody i think that'll be a pretty good outing for him too yeah i had uh as a priority in a lot of leagues last weekend tgfbi though i had him behind rich hill he was dropped for whatever reason his number has actually been great i know he had a pretty rough outing over the weekend but really since he returned from that blister issue he's been back to being the the excellent rich hill so i had him like rich hill like 76 and then kopech right behind like dollar behind a 75 so ended up getting hill no kopech i got kopech in a couple leagues though and like in labor where i'd been holding on to him felt really good to finally be able to throw him in Looking forward to seeing what he could do over the rest of the season. But another guy getting a – actually, before we move on, this this Kopech promotion, just one last time, does not mean that Eloy is is following right behind, does it? No. Uh, I mean, it, it's still, you know, going to stick to the company line on Eloy. It would 
make zero sense for them to call him up. I know that he's earned the promotion. He's earned it even more so than Kopech earned his, but uh, it's just, it's apples and oranges comparing a guy that's going to be kind of the, the star of your lineup for the next five, six years versus just any pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's not the same thing. So, uh, and Eloy is going to be that cornerstone, that foundational piece for that organization. Right. He's, he's going to be there like Chris Bryant there, you know, Carlos Correa, whoever, you know, whatever team you want to pick, uh, Aaron judge, like he's, he's going to be that guy for the white Sox. Jose in, Peraz. Yeah. <laughs> Jose's been great. That's like my biggest mistake of the whole year. I was so down on Jose, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, he's just a guy that it just, it matters so much to get as much, uh, team control as you possibly can. And, um, you know, they can use, Another small part of this equation that we don't always talk about, but like there was no there was no value for the White Sox in continuing to give starts to some of the guys in that rotation. There is minimal value to continuing to give starts to the guys that are in their outfield just so they can continue to evaluate those guys heading into the offseason. So that that's just another wrinkle that kind of makes it a little bit different. Um, But yeah, I. You know, people. I've seen people ask, like, who who's the next best call up? Like, is it worth using all my fab on Kopech? Is someone better coming? Uh, unless Austin Meadows is out there in your league, I mean, it, it's pretty much not going to be very exciting uh, mm-hmm. once once we get to September. Yeah, I saw this quote from Eloy today. Uh, I'm beyond ready, and yeah, the play speaks to that as well. I almost feel bad for the kid though because oh yeah, I mean they're they're taking money out of his pocket. It's kind of a shame. Of course. Well, I mean the yeah, I mean they're definitely taking money out of his pocket, but that's it's the business. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. I just wish like maybe they have told him this, but I, I kind of wish they'd just kind of sit him down and say this is what we're going to do because we have to. We're not bringing you up this year. Yeah, I mean, I, if you do that though, then it's then, like a then they can do a they can do a file a grievance. And, <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. That's you can't legally do that. But I wish there there was that transparency. Well, I just I wish that the the union and the league could just get together and yeah. make a common sense rule uh, for for paying these guys what they're worth. You know, I mean, none even the guys uh, even even if you. Uh, Bring a, bring a guy up as soon as he's ready. He's still not getting paid close to what he's worth compared to his teammates that have been around forever and are past their prime. Uh, it just would be nice if baseball fans got to see these young players as soon as they're ready and yeah. that they were going to get paid kind of whatever they were worth no matter what. Um, just give that organization a shot in the arm heading into the offseason. You know? Give the fans a glimpse. I don't think the fans necessarily deserve anything as a Reds fan I was kind of saying that earlier in the season but yeah I just think it'd be better for the game all around to give these guys the look when they are ready and not just keep them down for financial reasons um but yeah we'll see I think Eloy is gonna of course get that same treatment um but I think you're right that Players Association, the league need to come to an agreement, and I think the entire Players Association will be on board because we saw last off season, like the veterans are now being priced out because the the young kids are being brought up 
to, to play more sizable roles. They're dirt cheap for the first three years. And I think the yeah when the veterans are starting to realize that they've kind of been priced out. When teams were stupid, it was great for the veterans to ignore the well-being of yeah. the, the young kids because they were all getting paid. But now every team is smart enough not to sign anyone that's 30 or 31. Because how much better are they going to be than the right. next kid up? And so, yeah, you want it to be – you want it to somehow get to a point where – if you're paying for a 31 year old, that's worth two and a half wins or a 22 year old. that's worth two and a half wins. They're yeah, the same getting amount. the same amount of money yeah. somehow. So that, that would be nice. I'm not smart enough to come up with a way for that to work and all make sense and everything like that. But I mean, I'm sure there are people, there are people that are Yeah, enough people get their heads together. They could figure something out. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the entire players association now, after what we saw last off season, will be on board. But uh, another prospect who made his, debut recently and this one was quite a big surprise was bryce wilson pitched really well how shocked were you that atlanta gave him the call uh i was pretty i mean in terms of a player that got the call this year who is a noteworthy prospect a good prospect uh, this one was probably the most surprising to me and a lot of that had to do like when i was doing my september call-ups piece I this was like right after Bryce Wilson had his best start at AAA and I thought about it but I was just like well they just have such an embarrassment of riches on the pitching side of things yeah sure he could probably get big league hitters out right now but you know they just had Tuki Toussaint come up and he was good uh they have five pretty good starters in their big league rotation like it just didn't make sense to me that they would uh be that aggressive with him but uh I was awesome. I was thrilled when they did it. It was really cool to get to see him against big league hitters. And uh, I know a lot of people have been kind of, you know, talking about this guy, like he's sort of like a sleeper in that system and that type of thing. And, and he kind of is in a national sense, but just from a, a stuff perspective and a upside perspective, I mean, he's, he's up there with any of their young arms. Um, I, I prefer Mike Soroka. And then after that, I think, you know, if you're debating Bryce Wilson versus, uh, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson, uh, Tuki Toussaint, Luis Gohara, like you could make a case that Wilson's, uh, the, the next guy. And I mean, even if you were really high on him, you could say he's better than Soroka. I, I prefer Soroka, but, uh, I mean, he's definitely he's he's not like the the fifth best pitching prospect in that system. I think he's at least uh, the third best or the fourth best, um, and he, and he's a guy that I think has a really bright future. And I, I think that even though he got sent down, we knew he was going to get sent down after that start. Um, they've said he, he's going to probably be back up. Or actually, I don't think they said it, but I think uh, uh, one of the beat writers reported it that. He's going to be back up in September, obviously, now that he's on the 40-man. And he might get a, a few more starts if, if things break the right way for him. Otherwise, they'll just use him out of the bullpen, where he would be absolutely disgusting. Um, so either way, I'm excited for that. I, I think they also said Kyle Wright's going to be up uh, to pitch as a reliever in September. So it's going to be all hands on deck for the Braves as they try to win that division, and it should be pretty exciting. Yeah, Tuki Toussaint, who you mentioned, he was impressive too. Six innings of one-run ball in his debut, four Ks. was hoping he would get another opportunity in the rotation in the, like right away, but uh, we just had a note go up on the site that he's not scheduled to pitch this weekend, so it'll be a little bit 
while longer. But um, anybody else who came up somewhat recently catch your eye? Uh, I mean, uh, Stephen Gonsalves is uh, not good in in my opinion, and I know a lot of people uh, that's. Uh, Twins pitching prospect Stephen Gonzalez, who's been up in the upper levels for a couple of years now. Uh, I just I don't think the stuff plays against big league hitters. I think that he was able to get by on deception uh, and just kind of you know he he would live kind of above the zone with his fastball and would get a lot of whiffs with that pitch that way and you know just as a lefty with um a few pitches and and you know low 90s fastball um and kind of a deceptive uh, attack plan i mean he he was able to put up pretty impressive numbers in the minors but the the stuff's just not that good and uh he had posted a i think a a career high walk rate this year too at triple a so it was just you know if he was if he was if he had shane bieber-esque command then maybe he makes it work um but he just doesn't so anyone that shelled out on him in fab uh i mean i i feel sorry for you but uh you probably should have seen that start coming um yeah you've been saying this for years i mean yeah i remember i, I got excited when he had those super low ratios like two years ago and you're like no I wouldn't roster him in RDI. I think that's a 20 team, uh, 40 dynasty. man roster dynasty league. Like he's, you know, maybe in an AL only, uh, where you just don't care about your ratios or something, but he's just not, he's not good. Some guys who didn't debut recently, but they're you know, young guys. Uh, Trevor Richards, I thought was impressive. Uh, yesterday or the night before against the Yankees, I sat him in a couple leagues, just given the matchup, but nine K's, that circle change that he throws is pretty nasty. And I know a lot of people don't have the time to do this. If you do, you know, you probably should figure something else out. <laughs> but um, I did watch that Bueller and Flaherty pitchers do last night. And that, that'd be like the one game that I'd maybe say go back and watch, like on, you know, go to the MLB.tv archives because that was incredible. And as much as I love Bueller, I almost think Flaherty was even more impressive. 25 swing strikes. Like, that's an absurd number. Most, I think, for the Cardinals on that team since 08. Is he doing it with the changeup? Yeah, it was everything was dancing around. It was really impressive, man. Um, neither of them got the win, and, you know, he did give up a homer late. Flaherty did. Uh, but I think those two guys, you know, even at a hiked-up price, even if they're, like, I don't even know where they'll be going next year. Maybe like the 120 range, 100 to 120. Well, I may be in. <laughs> they're going to go in that that danger zone, right? They're going to go in that sort of uh, Luis Castillo, uh, Jose Barrios zone where, uh, you know, the the bar to clear to to be worth it if you're a starting pitcher when you're going just outside that the top 100. It's it's a really high bar. So, um, I love both those guys too. Uh, we'll just have to see where the price eventually settles because you know the the leagues where I am doing the best in the redraft leagues are the leagues where I attacked pitching kind of more in that where I attacked I attacked kind of my second tier of starters in that sort of one hundred one fifty to to two hundred range you know like where you were getting Blake Snell this year mm-hmm. uh, 
that's sort of where I, I think the value ends up being just because the, uh, really exciting young pitchers just the the adp just creeps up and and understandably so but at a certain point you just kind of have to sit back and say well like you know what are the risks here yeah and a guy like you're Bu- paying sticker price you right know, at that cost. a guy like bueller especially uh workload is still a, a bit of a concern for me like i just don't know what i like you said over under 145 innings next year in the big league rotation for him i mean that's yeah i could go either way on that yeah i could definitely see it going either way but i would take the over he's at like 110 right now between the majors and minors but probably work up to like 140 ish yeah we'll we'll see if he if he finishes really strong maybe i'd maybe i'd swing the other way it's just uh oh you're right that that like 90 to 120 range is a minefield for starting pitching there have been some successes but you know castillo overall body of work he's been great lately but overall body of work not great and a guy like luke weaver <laughs> i jumped on him in a few leagues and that was a big time bust now out of that rotation yeah and and it's just you like you need those ratios to just be rock solid for You're those guys to, price, for, yeah. for them to end up being and so like it almost didn't matter what uh, Luis Castillo did after April. He yeah, wasn't going to earn that. He wasn't going to earn that price. So yeah. he's uh, looked really good lately. Yeah, it, I'll probably be sucking see, back. In. Well, I'll I'll get back in on yeah, Luis yeah. Castillo next year for sure because uh, you know he'll go at half the price he was going at this year, and that that'll be uh, a great time to jump back in for sure. It's absolutely crazy that Blake Snell was not going higher. You know, it yeah. just seemed like so obvious, and I was really down on him last year when they sent him down, but. The, that improvement that he showed it seemed like it just people were sleeping on it well and yeah i mean we talked about him briefly earlier i mean a guy that i'm going to be all over is mike soroka because he's going to miss the rest of the season with this injury and i mean i wouldn't be surprised if his adp like when we get to first pitch arizona and do that that draft champions draft i wouldn't be surprised if i get mike soroka in like the 300s just because oh yeah i think so everyone's going to just have completely forgotten about him mm-hmm. uh that's where i'll uh try to do do some work i mean I, like a guy like tyler glass now his price is going to be sky high if he continues to pitch the way he's been pitching for the rays um and so you just kind of and like Kopech, if he finishes the season strong his price is going to be through the roof and uh you know once you kind of sit down and uh figure out your values for each player then you can kind of decide where they they belong but uh a lot of the times the guys that finish strong or whatever uh that's not necessarily where the value is going to be the the following season yeah i'm excited for that first first pitch draft because the market is really so important just finding your your guys that you know are are lower than they should be relative to the market and I'm excited for that. You know, first pitch, baseball HQ, they pay me nothing to say this, but I really think that's the best weekend of the year for, for baseball fans. Get to get a glimpse at all the exciting young prospects in the AFL, hear from some of the best minds in the industry, and just be around like-minded fans. It's a lot of fun. Uh, is that like November 1st through the 4th or something? Uh, yeah, the uh, first... Uh first week in november i'm pretty sure yeah, um, you can go to baseball hq and check it out yeah De- i second everything you said um they don't pay either of us to say that they i mean it's just great guys over there too uh everyone like if you just go and like everyone you interact with is just friendly yeah. like the the 
per the speakers, the people that are there just to hang out. I mean, everyone's really nice. Everyone just loves baseball, loves, you know, talking about players, loves uh, hanging out late at night and having some fun. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some risers and fallers on your top 400 update. Uh, a guy like Wander Franco, we talked about last week. He's all the way up to number four. Uh, Kopech's been bumped up a little bit to 14. Verdugo, uh, Luis Garcia up to 23. But the first guy with two green arrows, two upward green arrows, is Estevan Florial. What has uh, he done to make you boost him up? Uh, he's just, you know, really kind of gotten into uh, a bit of a groove at the plate. And uh, I watched a little bit of him uh, on MLB t- that, uh, TV. Uh, and I just, I realized, you know, there's some flaws in, I mean, he, he, he still has some work to do with the approach, but he's just such a fluid athlete and has so many tools and, uh, I like, this is just one of those years where his stat line is just not going to look that impressive, but if you've been kind of following the player over the past few seasons, you'll be able to see some stuff that, that shows that he actually is making improvements. I mean, the, the power and the speed are always going to be there. Uh, so just don't worry about the stolen bases, the home runs. Uh, we just need, we need this guy to hit for, uh, a fairly high average get on base and not not uh post a, a crazy high strikeout rate uh that's all you should really be looking at when you're looking at florio and I, I like what i've seen uh over the past month or so from him and i just i kind of i, I it, he's high just because i was incorrectly a little too low on him uh for a minute there and i kind of had to readjust uh, i just the players in that range, very few of them can touch his physical tools. Uh, so I, I bumped him up. He's he's a guy that's not going to be quick to the big leagues. He's uh, probably going to go spend the, f- the whole of next season at Double A, and then uh, at least the first half of of twenty twenty at Triple A. Uh, so not a guy that's going to rush to the big leagues, but uh, a guy that could definitely be well worth the wait. Nice. Cabrian Hayes bumped up a little. Too bad that he's now dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, Got to wonder if his season may be over. But um, Jonathan India bumped down a little bit. How dare you? Uh, Kyle Wright moving up a little bit. And you said we are going to see him? Uh, yeah, Mark Bowman of MLB.com said uh, that at the very least, Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright will probably be up in September to work out of the bullpen, which is exciting. Kyle Wright's... Uh, been better at triple a uh statistically than he was at double a which is always good to see i mean i know that some of that is skewed a little bit just because uh he was still kind of adjusting early on in the season against double a hitters uh kind of got into a groove there so he's basically just kind of picked up where he left off uh over his last 10 starts or so at double a but uh really nice to see that there hasn't been a major adjustment period for him against triple a hitters and uh doesn't have the i don't think he has number one starter upside but i think he's a really really good bet to be a number three and a chance to be a number two so the fact that he's this close to the big leagues to me that that warrants being just inside the top 50 nice well we got to take a quick break to give you a word from our sponsor 
uh, Fandle.com fantasy baseball fans. There's still what, like five, six weeks of the season, and there's still time to play on Fandle, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. Fandle, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. I think they have their uh, NFL prizes up, too. Might have to take a peek at those. If you want to take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fandle.com slash rw. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription to help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle. Just visit fandle.com slash rw. Void where prohibited. Dylan Cease, James, this guy is kind of, you know, it seems like his rank has fluctuated a bit. Uh, why is he trending back upward for you? Uh, he's been, you know, I, he's a guy that I've been sort of up and down on um, over the past couple years, and he's had a really good year this year, and I just sort of realized, you know, I had him kind of in the mid-'80s, uh, and I was just like, that. You know, that's too low. I should have had him higher. And, you know, he's up to double A already. The big question for me still is just durability. Uh, he's one of those guys where I could see the arm going at any moment. Uh, just throws so hard. Uh, but he's knocking on the door of, of triple. I mean, he might open next year at triple A. He's been that good at double A thus far. He's one of those guys that's just going to strike a ton of batters out. And uh, the floor is, as long as he's healthy, the floor is a absolute shutdown closer. But at this point, he just he continues to answer the questions I had about whether he's going to be a starter reliever. I mean, he's, he's really limiting base runners. He's about to pitch uh, a full season as a starter. Uh, really has done everything you could ask, and the the stuff is is really nasty. So, I mean, fifty three you could even argue is a little too low. I mean, he's got really really good stuff. Uh, a guy that is obviously owned everywhere, but this has been this has been a real breakthrough season for him to kind of establish himself as one of the best pitching prospects in the game. Gavin Lux has been a riser as well in your latest update and. Looking at what he's doing at Double A Tulsa at that age, twenty years old, it's only seventeen games since he got the bump up. But a really impressive start for him at that new level: three fifty four, four seventeen, five twenty three with three homers. Um, he's been caught more than he's been successful on the base paths, and really the success rate before he made the jump wasn't really good either: eleven for eighteen. But um, age to level, really impressive for Gavin Lux. Yeah, and he's a guy that you can just tell since he got into pro ball, he's put a ton of work in, uh, in the weight room specifically. He's, uh, I mean, I don't hear people talk about this. He's got a really quick bat. Uh, he can, you know, if he, he can drop the barrel and just really drive it in a hurry. Uh, the pitch recognition, I think, has been uh, really good this year for him. He's got a, a pretty good feel for the strike zone. He's not one of those guys that's just, you know, not you know the strikeout rate's always been low with him 
but he walks a ton too, which is a, you know, obviously a really good indicator of how uh, the skills are going to translate as he continues to move up the ladder. Uh, he's maybe not quite a plus runner anymore, but he's at least uh, you know average to above average. So there's going to be some stolen bases mixed in, and yeah, I, I think he sticks on the infield. I don't know whether it's going to be second base or or, or what, but he, he's going to qualify one of those spots and and i think there's a chance he's a five category guy nice uh bubba thompson i'm looking through the notes right now and on july 2nd okay that was what like five no a lot longer than five weeks but um a little over six weeks yeah (laughs) i can do math (laughs) but on july 2nd our note says he was slashing 252 311 397 now that line with Hickory's at 295, 350, 461. And, you know, the, our outlook for him kind of questioned the hit tool. And that was a lot of what a lot of evaluators were wondering about with Thompson. How much are you buying into his, his 295 average right now? Uh, I don't buy it a ton, um, but I buy the power and I buy the, I mean, he, when he gets a hold of one to the pull side, uh, he can really send it out and he's, he's definitely a plus runner still. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm kind of more excited that he's getting to that power in games uh, already against full season pitching. And, you know, maybe the batting average is more kind of 265, 270, something like that. True talent. But, uh, that's all I, care about i'm not i'm not owning bubba thompson because i think he's going to hit 300 i just i hope he hits 270 and then i'll take that power and that speed Uh, i mean that that's the exciting part of a guy like thompson and um really really just exciting to see that he's uh, made those adjustments because we love i love seeing that with guys uh that's you know when this usually happens at low a like where they spend the whole year at low a and the the season lines just not looking that impressive in june or early july and then end of the year you're just like holy crap how did he get it up there well he made you know these adjustments and that's a good sign for the guy's ability to do that at, at future stops well can you tell me about this kevin smith character because man numbers are really good 15 homers 16 steals 73 games is the he's 22 though and that's kind of uh, throws a wrinkle in here i mean how much should we really realistically expect kevin smith um what should we expect him to do next year like is he gonna maybe leap double a to triple a to the majors could he could he jump three levels uh i guess i wouldn't rule it out he one of the things that i really like about him is that he gets really good reviews for his defense at shortstop and i i just like that i i I feel confident that he's going to stick there and so that probably pushes a guy like boba over to second base and you could have a infield of vlad kevin smith boba in the not so distant future i mean what about my guy lordis come on lordis yeah yeah i mean lordis will be hanging around for sure um (laughs) but well okay so so with kevin smith yeah he's he's a little too old for i mean he was way too old for low a but when he was at low a he was probably the best player in the midwest league um a little too old still for high a but you know that's that's where he's at and he's been fine there i think that uh, next year will be huge for him though uh what's he going to do against double a pitching 
Um, I just, you know, a guy like, yeah, yeah, look, if he wasn't old for the level, he'd be a top 50 prospect. He's just, it's kind of tough to figure out where to put a guy like this. Um, you know, he swings and misses a little bit, but I, I, I like that he's relatively good at using, uh, all fields. Um, you know, unlike, like a guy like Kevin Biggio, who's in the Blue Jays system, I just, I don't see him hitting much better than like 245 uh, in the big leagues i just think there are some some flaws there he's going to be better in obp leagues uh with kevin smith you know i'd like to see the strikeout rate come down eventually but uh chance for a shortstop who hits you know 265 with 20 home runs 20 steals i mean that that's pretty exciting so that's that's why i've got him inside the top 100 now Nice. Moving down the list a little ways, one name that pops out to me, especially because, you know, two-catcher dynasty league is always looking to find a a gem, a guy who can, you know, a catcher really kind of lock in and be a big difference maker. And MJ Melendez has been a riser. He's inside the top 150 now, uh, 19 years old. But do you think that, you know, if he reaches his ceiling, he could be one of the top offensive uh, catchers in the game? Yeah, that's sort of damning with faint praise but he he absolutely i mean i I think with him it's it's just always going to be how much does he strike out what does the batting average settle at uh but man he's got such an electric bat uh it's just violent uh the the type of bat speed he generates and the type of damage he does when he connects uh monster raw power you know i would say uh, I would probably go over over sixty on the raw power with wow. MJ Melendez. It's just big time power, uh, and you know, catcher. What are we looking for? Like a guy that hits two forty five with twenty five thirty homers. I mean that that's a top ten catcher, and I think yeah. that that's absolutely doable for him. And he's uh, really athletic. I think he sticks at catcher. Big arm. Um, just a yeah. I, I like him a lot as a catching prospect. Nice, yeah. I I actually still had um in one league where I'm out of the running and I'm kind of looking ahead to next year, but I had John Ryan Murphy in my lineup mm. for uh, for a long time. <laughs> Just realized that he had his first hit since like June or something. So, so how does that even happen? I uh, I was texting with uh, Nick Schlane. Uh, you, me, and him are top three in in staff keeper league two right now, and and. Uh, you and I are both chasing him, uh, and I was just like, "How am I not winning every offensive category other than stolen bases?" Like I, I just, you know, I, it's a crazy lineup that I have. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, it's probably because I was starting Austin Barnes for like seventy percent of the season." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've been starting Ionetta in that league. Ionetta and Barnhart. Barnhart's been okay, but I mean, only in the context of being a, a catcher. Yeah, this is a two catcher league, so don't. I mean, yes, it was 18th. it was bad uh, for me to be starting Austin Barnes that long, but it definitely was not a one catcher league. Tristan Pompey, not a guy that I can go out and scoop up in RDI because he was picked in this year's draft, eighty ninth overall. But why are you uh, quite a bit higher on Pompey than you were right after the draft? Uh, I think he's. I should have probably figured this out before the podcast, but he might be the. <laughs> Oh man, I'm trying to think if there's somebody obvious I'm forgetting. He might be the uh, he might be the first college hitter from the class to reach high A. Um, 
And I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody down in Jupiter right now. Uh, but he's just, you know, to, to have that type of rise up. Oh yeah. Madrigal. Uh, yeah. Good call. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if he was the fifth college player from the class, like he still has jumped three levels in a hurry and, uh, he's hitting to all fields. He's walking about as much as he's striking out. He's not striking out much at all. Uh, not hitting for a ton of power, but he's somebody that coming out of Kentucky, uh, you know, I think there were people that would put plus grades on his raw power. He's a, a plus runner. And the real question coming out of the draft was just, what is he going to hit? And I think that concerns about his hit tool is what led to him going where he did. And I think he, you know, there's some questions about his, his defense too, but, uh, I think he's really, really answered the questions about the the hit tool at least early on. It's a small sample, so I, I you know he's still outside the top 100. Uh, but you know we don't compliment the Marlins very often on the podcast for good reason. But uh, this was a this was a big a big hit by them in the draft. Tristan Pompey uh, up to 159 overall, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if you know when I'd sit down and really really. Uh, comb through things and, and put together the offseason top 400 if he's not pretty close to the top 100 if he keeps this up a couple of spots behind him blaze alexander looks like another good find from this year's draft i think he'll find a home on my uh rdi team <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh he's a, a interesting case because you know blaze alexander and alec thomas uh for the diamondbacks in this this year's class both uh, started in the AZL, now both in the uh, uh, Pioneer League, I believe. And Blaze Alexander just he pulls everything and he just hits everything really, really hard. And he hasn't had to make adjustments in terms of you know sitting back and using the whole field at all, just because you know he's had so much success uh, so early on that I wouldn't expect him to. I'm not going to hold that against him. He's not really striking out he's walking a little bit uh good reviews coming out of the draft on his defense at shortstop so uh i think there's some some fool's gold in his numbers i don't think the batting average is is realistically going to be i don't think he's going to be a 300 hitter but uh some loud tools in terms of uh his arm his power uh he's going to steal some bases so uh definitely a big riser since draft day very nice well great stuff as always james we appreciate it anything else you want to mention about this latest overhaul um or did we touch on most of the guys uh just quickly i'll say uh vidal brujan uh second baseman in the Rays system uh moved him up to 71 overall he had a crazy uh, day at the plate last night um i think he put together a line that no big leaguers ever put together uh i think it was three steals two homers uh walk like just a a crazy day at the plate um and you know he's a guy that i i moved him up before last night i'd already moved him up past uh the other top second baseman in that system nick solak i think brujan's just a better athlete better bet to be uh impact uh contributor on the uh, stolen bases but um you know the the rays have moved they've they've moved a lot of guys multiple levels this season i think that you know they 
part of that is just their system so good that oh, so many guys have forced them to, to move them multiple levels this year. Um, but they're not they're not as crazy conservative maybe as as they once were. Uh, I think uh, you know a lot of that's just the the players being uh, as good as they are, but already up to high a and big time stolen base upside he's got really good plate skills he's walking way more and he's striking out in a, in a brief sample at at high a uh a guy that didn't come into the year with a ton of fanfare i think we had him like around number 200 overall on the top 400 so if if people are asleep at the wheel in your league he's maybe still out there but i i doubt it i guess at this point but uh a guy that is is really exciting and you know, if he finishes the year with 55, 60 stolen bases and as many walks as strikeouts, and we know he's going to stick up the middle, uh, he might he might crack that top 50 in the in the offseason. Very nice. Well, as always, we appreciate the insight, James. Really good stuff. It is that time now for the final entry into our list of the greatest hip-hop collaborations of all time. Um, I hate to say it, but my pick's a little boring, you know. I mean, it's, it's kind of locked in near the top five to start and i just generally you know listen to it again ended up bumping it up because you know r.i.p pimp c for oh one. yeah um big pimping oh. and this was a hell yeah you know this was a more explicit jay-z um it's still kind of a commercial song you know of course it was it was the um it was a big radio hit Obviously, had the music video, which was played everywhere. And I love the story about how Pimp C didn't actually want to do the song because it was too commercial, actually. But Bun B, I guess, convinced him, and I think that was probably the good call because uh, sold a lot of records, probably made them a ton of money. But uh, Big Pimpin' holds up pretty well. You know, I didn't when I listened to it again recently, I wasn't sure how well it would hold up. It holds up really well. This was another one that I kind of wore out on the tape, uh, played it like crazy and this was actually the first time that i'd heard ugk at any point that's surprising to me yeah yeah well i was like yeah 11 or 12 but um maybe it was older than that i don't when did when did this song come out uh 98 okay so i was like 10 but um yeah the first time i heard them and I, I remember reading a jay-z interview where he said that riding dirty was one of the albums that he would never take out of his his rotation and that turned me on to riding dirty and so in turn this song kind of opened me up to one of the greatest albums of all time and really a, a dynamic group that i still listen to today and bun b too one of the more underrated underappreciated rappers of this time this is an awesome call by you and uh i think i think uh it's, it's gonna be controversial that we have uh jay-z tracks at, at the top spot uh for both of us especially since you did it i think uh, yeah the, the, the jay the people that the cool. people that fade jay-z were counting on you to, to go in a different direction here um sorry to the the m&m fans well and and i i'll be completely honest i didn't even it didn't even cross my mind uh to include this on my list oh, and wow. now i feel like i'm i feel like an idiot like it's not that i thought about it and, and left it off yeah no I mean, that's the thing there's uh, there's already been like 10 of those songs that i'm i've remembered since we started this and i'm like ah, i should have fit that on there. yeah i mean that's 
I, I think that song is more famous now for the video than like anything about the song. But I mean, it's it's a pretty good song, uh, and I think it was a really cool collab just because it was sort of an unexpected yeah, exactly. collab for like Pimpsey's you said. Verse is incredible too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, man, that's a that's a great call. That's a great way for you to to put a bow on this thing. Oh, um, I appreciate that. You that, got a Jay song coming? To yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a it's a Biggie song, but it's featuring Jay Z, uh, featuring Angela Winbush on the hook. Um, I love the dough off of uh, Life After Death. Uh, not a very. I don't. I don't think it got much spin on the radio. I don't think it was a a single or anything. Um, and it, it sort of does sort of have that vibe. Like it's not kind of hard hitting or anything, but I just, I love the wordplay. I, I mean, I think the, the lyrics, uh, especially by, by Biggie are just, uh, really, really amazing and hilarious and clever. And, uh, it's just, I, I can listen to this song like 10 times in a row and, and still not really get tired of it because, uh, yeah, I just know all the lyrics, and it's just uh, one of my favorites. Uh, the hook is just really—it's not super catchy, it's not super clever or anything, but it's it's uh, easy on the ears. And um, I think this is kind of the only song. I, I mean, Jay Z, for anyone that knows me, is my my favorite rapper of all time. I think Biggie's the best rapper of all time, and this is the only song where they're both on the track and they're both in smack dab in the middle of their primes. Uh, obviously, unfortunately Biggie's prime didn't last, uh, longer than this, but, um, it was just a, a pretty rare collection of, of talent at the time that it came out. So, uh, yeah. I love the deal. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. Well, you, uh, finished off your list in impressive fashion as well. I give you credit on another stellar pick. Maybe over the rest of this you know, season as we're doing these, we can throw out some of those honorable mentions that we kind of forgot initially. And one of those, you know, maybe Jay-Z and Foxy ain't no. <laughs> I love that song. Of course, of course. Um, Bling Bling by... Uh, this thing, I, I had trouble incorporating uh, songs that were kind of just the same group. and Even though it wasn't the same group, but just the same record label. Uh, and also kind of feels wrong just not having a Woo member in my number one pick. Yeah, I mean, like, can you count? Uh, yeah, it's ex- it's exactly. Like, I didn't I didn't even consider tracks like Buck 50 or Woo Banga, mm-hmm. even though uh, you could maybe, Technically solos. Yeah, yeah you, could, you could maybe call them collabos, but it just does, they don't feel like collabs. They feel like uh, just Woo tracks. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll just do a, a top 20 Wu-Tang songs. Um and yeah. really, really bring the fire. But we'll definitely have a new list starting next year. But I'm, yeah, just thinking over the remainder of this season, may just throw out some other great collabs that didn't. We didn't we definitely need uh, you know keep keep hitting me up and keep hitting Clay up with suggestions for what you want us to do uh, next season. Getting some some good ones for sure, but uh, kind of want to make sure that we're not forgetting any any cool ideas so if you got something like that uh definitely definitely hit us up absolutely well good stuff james we appreciate it thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week and probably through what the end of the uh the mlb regular season i think that's maybe the way to go yeah yeah sure and we'll take a break then we'll be back for the first pitch stuff recap the fall league what we saw there but yeah once 
we'll, we'll take a quick break in between uh, the end of the season and the, the fall league, but then we'll take a, a nice long break, a nice well-deserved break probably between uh, November and uh, December, and then we'll be back probably January when I start releasing the, the org uh, yeah. the org list. Yeah, that time is just mag, nothing but mag time. and Yep. Gotta just dedicate ourselves 100% to that, but we'll definitely be back next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.